you've entered another new episode of Uncensored Life with the Saunders. I am Nicole. And I'm your boy, Chase860. And we are here with the official last episode of this raggedy ass year we call 2020. <laughs> so you're not going well, we'll, to, we'll figure that out um, off air. So this one, I think, is going to be a little heavy, um, but we're uncensored, and shit happens in life, and it ain't all peaches and cream and roses and all that stuff. Um, so this is the last season of Iyanla Fix My Life, and she has come real heavy with like celebrities either viral or mainstream um this season and this uh pre-holiday episode has been no different there has been on i don't know if you guys have caught him down your strings but there was a black husband and father that went viral on um, social media because he, his daughter actually recorded him. He was just having a conversation is what he was doing, but his daughter recorded him and he was basically saying that my wife doesn't have to do anything. I make sure that everything's taken care of. I make sure the bills are taken care of. I make sure, you know, anything that she needs, I handle it. And he's like, he was basically saying that he does the same thing for his daughters and he raises them in a way that when I was a single mother, um, and even now how I envision raising my daughters, whereas if this man can't do what I can do for you, then you don't need that person in your life. So, um, of course, with anything that goes viral, there's a lot of conversations and stuff. And like I said, he was just having a conversation with his daughters, with his family. And apparently some people were coming kind of sideways at his wife, calling her lazy and this, that and the other. Um, so he, which caused some conversations, some I feel must have been needed conversations in his home to happen. And so that's why he actually reached out to Iyanla. And normally, you know, Iyanla handles situations on her own. But since he called in, she actually reached out to a male therapist to basically talk to him man to man. So as she was talking to the women and even his son, because he has a very different relationship with his son, which is the theme in Black households, um, he was actually able to see these conversations occur um, while being walked through how he needs the process and with the therapist. And um, the thing that happened was that as he's watching all of this unfold, he found out that all of his daughters had been sexually assaulted. And that none of them wanted to tell him because they valued their relationship with their father more than 
seeking justice for what occurred to them, which is a conversation I think that we've had, not in like these details, but sometimes like when I say you have to think before you act is because one action has like a trickle down effect of everything else. And so um, the root of all of this, like, of course, went back to his grandmother. She's doing a second part, which is going to be interesting because one of her granddaughters just flat out asked her why you don't like me. And Yala tried to fix it up for her. And she was like, nah, she right. I don't like her. I don't like her mama neither. So this was some, um, some, some conversations that needed to be started, probably not just in his home, but in some other homes where you think that everything is good. You think that you're doing everything um, that your family needs or wants you to do. And then you find out that there's a different need because um, his wife, him and his wife got together just because she got pregnant and she worded it as they fell in love after the fact. But this man has tried to put his hands on their son. So, like, he thinks that his life is happy and that he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But everybody wants out. Even the wife that he does everything for? Yes, because like I said, the people were coming for her. Like, she was lazy. Like, they were praising him, but they were attacking her. And, like, apparently in their relationship early on... He was physical with her. Like his temper was something is something that like she dealt with for the sake of the fact that they have children. And cause basically when she told him that she was pregnant with their daughter, because I think she's the oldest of the two children they have together, he told her that he didn't want to be a baby daddy. So if you're gonna have this baby, then we need to be married. So that's why they got married and their relationship developed through the marriage but one of the things that she's never been able to deal with was his temper like he's gotten into all out like not only has he put his hands on her in the past but he's gotten into like all out fist fights with their son because in his mind which like i said everything trickled back to like how he was brought up and how he was raised he never had a father figure so he's been trying to figure out this father thing on his own and like using whatever he saw in the world as his roadmap to how he should parent not only his son but his daughters so in his mind he felt like i need to i need to address my son man to man instead of father and son and because of that and his past of putting his hands on her like his temper is a trigger point for her. So she, yeah, he, he was thinking he was living in a happy home, but like, she's like, uh, you either need to do something about this or I'm going to leave. Hmm. Like she admitted that the physical abuse in their relationship happened early on. But um, like I try to tell people all the time, like if you don't heal, fully you can't move past it and apparently when it happened it was just something like okay this is what he does it was swept under the rug we don't talk about it we don't deal with it so when he triggers her by um attacking their son it like boils up in her to the point that she like now that we sitting here now that we're sitting here on national tv talking about it um you do that again and i'm going out the door that's that's 
I mean, I understand how she feel and she got the right to feel however she want to feel because she's in a situation. But my thing is, why the fuck you going to wait till we get the TV to want to say something? Nigga, you could have told me to set the house. Well, that's because, and that was the thing too, because apparently, because like I said. So now that temper you, that upset you, now is about to be, you about to see it again because you could have told me this shit at the crib. Well, so this is what, like, first of all, um, it took me because Yala has been around for a very long time. Like she was actually someone that was introduced to the world by Oprah, and I wasn't rocking with her. Like I really wasn't. Like she didn't seem authentic to me. Um, like there was a lot of reasons that I didn't rock with her. Uh, with age, I have come to coexist with her. I'll say that. So with age, you become a beloved. I'm a beloved for other reasons because I actually know what the word means, unlike Mook. But um, <laughs> but I I I can't sometimes you may not agree a hundred percent with someone, but you can respect their opinion. And I think that I have gained a respect for her knowledge and her opinion. I may not always like her delivery. I may not always feel or understand the authenticity behind it, but I've come to to understand it and coexist with it. And usually, like I said, she never, she's had men on the show. She did a whole ep- two, three episodes dedicated to men, which is the only time that I've seen her um, actually bring in a male therapist. Usually when she's dealing with men, she she's she's the only one there and sometimes it can feel like she's more catering to their truth than maybe the the female that's on there so i i like the fact that she brought the male therapist and stepped him in to talk to this man man to man and i think that that because she's when she sat down with the husband and wife she sat down with them along with the therapist and i feel like because her husband had been doing the work with the male therapist on his own and that she wasn't i don't feel like she did this for the tv cameras i feel like she finally felt like she was in a safe enough place that she could express to her him what she had been feeling without being hit with that temper that she's fed up with like even though she said that the domestic abuse part of the relationship was early on and hasn't continued and exhibited itself in their relationship just in their sons that because she hadn't did the work on getting over that she still had like a layer of fear with her husband so i don't feel like she did it for the cameras but i feel like she was finally in a safe space to talk about it because apparently before they got there that was one of the topics that her husband told her was off limits we're not going to talk about that and she agreed to that but i feel like you get on tv and you want to flip the script and he was very upset um about that but like i said i feel like she didn't do it for the cameras i feel like she felt safe to have this conversation and not get the explosive reaction that he normally gives and like he was ready to give it to her but he had the therapist there to like reiterate what they had been working on so that that 
so that because he was on full react mode which i talk about you with you all the time about how sometimes you don't just stop to hear and think about what's being said to you you just full on they're attacking me so i'm finna attack back he was in full on I'm not well, finna listen to nothing she got I, to say. I wasn't my nah because I don't blame him because <laughs> this is what we agreed upon before we left the house. But now you want to get on in front of the cameras and act brand new. Like nah, I would have been in react mode too because you can't you can't do that, yo. You you can't flip the script on me like that. But like I said, I don't feel. I like... can see if they didn't talk about it, but. We had this conversation and you agreed that this topic was off limits, but then you get in front of Yana and you want to switch it up. Cause like I said, I feel like she felt like she was in a safe space. Cause sometimes you are broken and don't realize that you're broken or don't realize that certain things are still affecting you. And I don't think it sometimes it takes having a conversation to realize what your broken pieces are. And so I think, cause like I said, I don't think it was because of the cameras that this came up. I just felt like she felt like she was in a safe environment. And I can understand that, you know, we made an agreement not to discuss certain things. However, you can't- Ain't no however. It is a however, because you can't dictate Boy, how I heal. Motherfucker, stay re nigga, I tell you. No. Y'all some re y'all some re niggas, man. Y'all some re niggas. Hell no. No, you renege all the time. But like, I feel like in that moment, his instinct was to try to control. Like, I don't think his intention was to control her healing, but that's how you. That's what you're doing if you're trying to filter what I say. You called Iyanla so that we could heal as a family and to get help. That means that you have to heal all broken parts. You can't pick and choose which broken parts you heal. Like, okay, okay, I'm comfortable with that. Why not? No. If you bring your car to the dealership and there's a bunch of shit wrong with it, they're going to ask you what you want us to fix. Yes, but if you don't fix everything, aren't you back in the shop? It depends on what's broken. Here we go. (laughs) It depends on what's broken. Nigga, if my tire broken, I gotta fix that. But if my okay, motherfucking if, if my motherfucking gas gauge is broken, but I know my shit, no, nah, I'm gonna say that for later. I'll fix that later. I know my car. But that's so but in that vein, if you patch a hole in one tire, but there's a hole in the other, did you really solve your problem? just patch a hole in both tires then so that's why you can't pick and choose what's healed no i didn't like, know i all, say we can pick and choose what's healed i said but, we could pick and choose on what to what to heal what to work on but that's that's the same thing with the tires since you want to use a car like if i if i can only afford 25 dollars and to fix both tires, it's going to cost 50 If I fix one tire, like, I still can't go nowhere. That's why you got a spare. Oh, my God. You fix one tire, you put the spare on the other <laughs> one. Problem solved. 
the, you cannot pick and choose like what is what's fixed. I mean, that may be true, but I just think that's bogus, show. You don't you don't go in front of the cameras and switch it up on me because now he caught off guard. Like this is not what he expected. Now he caught off guard. So of course he's gonna get angry. You're gonna get angry if you know you you with somebody and you like boom. You know what? When we go in here, this is what we gonna do. But then when you go in there, the nigga do something else. Yeah, of course you're gonna be angry because he's like, yo, what the fuck you this wasn't the game plan. What you doing? But that that's that's the thing. Like, there are certain situations in life where I can understand you being upset. But if we're going to fix this broken family, we need to fix. And we didn't call everybody in. Grandma's in here. The kids are in here. Like, if we're going to fix this broken family, layer by layer, brick by brick, but you, we can't go in there with okay. But why it seemed like button topics that we can't touch. But at okay, all. so I ain't see the episode. But why it sounded like from what you just telling me, why it seemed like the whole thing was just about just everybody ganging up on him though. So nobody else is doing nothing wrong. Like all the problems is him. No, but well, cause so the door, but like just like his issues and how he interacts with his family. And how they interact with him, like, stem from how he raised them. And it, like, came back to how he was raised. That's how everybody else's, pro- like, came back to him. Because his daughters, he has um, four daughters. He has a set of twins, um, another daughter, and the daughter that he has with his wife. Um, <laughs> the set of twins and the other daughter have mothers that for one reason or another were in their life for a period of time and then they kind of got dropped off on his doorstep so there are there were conflicts within the like everyone loved the youngest girl that he has with his current wife like everybody loves her she's the baby everybody adores her the twins, however, would team up on his other daughter. And it had like a lot to do with um their mother. Um it had a lot to do with their relationship with their mother, as well as not feeling like they got enough of their father's attention. And so it wasn't just the a gang obsession on him there were a lot of broken pieces in this family but they all led back to him like his daughters were about to like go uh where the twins were about to attack um his other daughter but like and he was saying how that upsets him to see his kids like arguing and try to fight like that but they had to remind him that we talk to each other the same way that you talk to us. Like, this is behavior that we learn from you. Like, you may have learned this from your mother, but you didn't feel the need to fix so, what was broken in you to not pass it on to us. So, okay, so because this might be a little bit off topic. So, if they say he tells them it hurts that to see y'all fight like that and talk to each other like that and they're gonna say well we learned it from you 
So apparently y'all know better. But y'all going to use him as the crutch to do said things. But like, okay, so if you sit up here, because this was one of the like the points that his daughter is making, like he would sit up there and call them out, they names. Oh, but see, then that's too much now. he would get upset that they called each other out their name. So it's like for them, what they're saying is, is how you gonna get upset with us and call us out for this behavior and tell us that we're wrong for saying this to each other. But this is how you talk to us. Like you call us out our name. So you can call us out our names, but we can't call her out her name. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't got nothing to say now. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I was trying to defend you. And you know, rock with you, but yeah, that's something I never do. And then, like his son, like I said, him and his son have gotten into physical altercations, and he was trying, like his son actually hit him one time, but in his mind, because he feels like what he's doing to his son is okay, he felt like his son did that on accident. Like, okay, you know, he ain't mean to hit me with the chair, and his son was like. No, I'm tired of him putting his hands on me. I threw that chair at him on purpose. Like, it wasn't no oops. It didn't fly out of my hand. I ain't mean to hit the wall. I meant to hit him because he's constantly hitting me. Like, so, like I said, like, he he has said, like, this is, like, he was raised in a single mother home. And his mother felt like she needed to raise him with their iron fist because there was no man in the home. And because this is what he saw in his mind as normal, that's how he's decided to raise his kids. But when he sees this come back, thank you. When he sees this come back in the relationships that his girls have with each other, like he like, where did they get this from? Where'd y'all learn this? You just called your sister what? And then they come at him like, but you just called my sister that last week. So mm. it was okay last week when you did it, but it's not okay when we did it. And like, like I said, like his, his relationship probably with his son is the worst. Cause like I said, his girls, um, and this did something to him too. Like to have to listen with the therapist to find out that not one of your girls, not even two of your girls, but all four of your girls, have been sexually assault, assaulted and you're finding out like by basically eavesdropping on them and you cannot react to it. And then like I said, he got insight as, as to why they wouldn't say anything to him because they, they was like, we know my daddy will kill him. And they the twins, the older children, the older girls feel like they already missed enough time with their father that they did not want to miss out anymore by allowing him to go off and kill somebody for putting their hands on him. And with the younger daughters, like, I love my daddy and I want to see him out here and not in jail, so I'm not going to say anything to him. So they carrying this around just because they know how their father's going to react. He's not going to think about jail time. He's not going to think about any of that. Like, my girls are attacked and I'm going to react. So now they're carrying in. Just not um, not wanting to talk about it. Mm. Which goes back to our conversation about Station 19 and what I was trying to say, you know, when he 
he was talking about his lack of a village but when it was time to make a decision like he just he reacted a lot of people tend to do that and that's why sometimes conversations like this like your daughter sometimes like that's why i am the one that stops and thinks because i would rather y'all feel comfortable coming to talk to me than for y'all to be carrying something like this around because y'all too afraid of how i'm gonna react nah i'd rather you tell me because heads got a rompy snapping heads like it's twilight Fuck out of here heads getting snapped off i'm gonna make the next nigga think but that's what think i'm saying twice about to... doing some shit to anybody but my last name even if they not mine but that's the last name what nah but that's you know what, what i'm saying like you have to build a relationship with your children with the people around you to give them a comfort level to be able to talk to you to have that moment like i'm not saying that yeah i get it his temper ain't allowed something to belong that belongs to one of my because i think one of my already knows that nobody's safe if like you are safer bothering me than you are bothering my husband my kids my nieces like you're safer calling me a name than you are to say something about my daddy like i think that's a clear understanding but at the same time i feel like i have also given them a comfort level to know that it's safe to come to me with these things the person on the other end of it might not be safe but it's safe for them to have this conversation with me right but it's always safe for you to have this conversation with me it ain't safe for the other person by any means it's, it's never safe I don't give a fuck a man. Look, you could be a third, fourth, fifth cousin. You hurt one of mine's. Hey, look. I respect what you're saying. But yeah, you mm-mm. you don't even need to play with me. Don't play with me. Go play with Jesus. I'm telling you, I ain't the one. You can't say shit to me. That's crazy. That that uh <laughs> That line you just said, don't play with me, play with Jesus. It was a woman that wore or she posted a shirt that literally said that. And now she this she's into a social media beef with the pastor. Because her shirt says play with Jesus, don't play with me. <laughs> yeah. Man, motherfuckers ain't got no sense of humorous, man. I I can't stand this world, man. I can't stand today's society. Everybody's so fucking soft and sensitive and Oh my God! Nobody has a sense of humor, man. God damn, it's not that fucking serious, yo. <laughs> no, guys, we're gonna take a break after that. Uh, make sure you bring your ass back. This is the last episode of this raggedy ass 2020. Bring your ass back. <laughs> and we're back so next topic of discussion is white privilege now there are some we go 
There are some white people that still do not understand what their privilege is. And it tends to be those with the most privilege that do not understand. And so we're going to talk about this situation with Skylar Mack. Skylar Mack is an 18 year old from Georgia that traveled to the Cayman Islands to watch her boyfriend compete in a jet ski competition. The Cayman Islands has a 14-day mandatory first quarantine. Of all, wait, first of all, who the hell was competing in the jet ski competition? What the? You know what? This story's starting off all wrong anyway. <laughs> a jet ski competition. Yes. Wow. So, uh, yes. Apparently, yeah, I didn't know that there were professional jet skiers. But apparently, there are, and they compete in the Cayman Islands. So the Cayman Island, like I said, has a 14-day mandatory quarantine. Anyone that travels inside of the Cayman Islands, you must be on quarantine for 14 days. Apparently, they provide you with a tracking device so that they know where you are and ensure that you comply with this quarantine, which is something that I've wondered with like our own quarantine list that we've had throughout COVID like how do you track this but apparently there's a tracking device um, that lets you know if someone has complied so Skylar broke the quarantine broke the device and escaped out into the world of the Cayman Islands to see her boyfriend's um, jet ski competition she was apprehended at the event because somehow they tracked her there, even though she called herself disabling the tracking device. And she was originally fined with uh, $26,000 and 40 hours of community service. Um, her boyfriend was also arrested for aiding and abetting. Um, so her family is asking that the U.S. help their daughter and granddaughter, stating that um, she's aware that she was wrong, but they feel like they are using her to set an example because now instead of the $2,600 fine and 40 hours of community service, her and her boyfriend are um, set to spend four months in jail in the Cayman Islands. Her lawyer states that because she had paid the fine, that she paid the fine from her savings. So now she's short on cash. I feel like this is white privilege at its finest. And Skylar and her family didn't get the memo that white privilege doesn't travel internationally. Right. Because internationally, a lot of these other countries don't even like y'all asses. Right. So, and it's like you you broke the law. First of all, let me tell you about her stupid ass. First of all, your ass stupid as fuck anyway for traveling to a whole nother country to go watch your raggedy ass boyfriend ride some fucking jet skis. Apparently, her father is also a professional jet skier because not only did her boyfriend lose sponsors, her father has lost sponsors as well behind her actions. You know why? Because that shit really not a sport. <laughs> There's just a bunch of motherfuckers with a little bit of money who decided, you know, we love jet skis so much. 
let's just start a league and it's not even whatever but that's that's neither <laughs> here or there i just i'm just blown away by that shit but yeah her stupid ass first of all before you traveled to cayman islands you probably should have like went on a website or some shit and looked up some shit but so like, you could have seen that there was a 14 day quarantine right because that like i i want to say like that should be common sense because everybody has some kind of travel ban to an extent mm-hmm. um so like because i know that at the beginning of the pandemic this was a requirement in texas like if you travel to texas then you had to like quarantine yourself into a hotel. So with that being said, if you had have done your research and you knew you needed 14 days, then you should have gotten there 14 days before the competition. Mm-hmm. And it's not their fault or their problem or their issue that you decided to break the law. And it's like um, having your family cry and wanting to use the U.S. tax dollars to now save your ass because Man, you made a decision. please, you better sit your raggedy ass in jail. And then, like, her lawyer saying that she paid the fine and now her, her savings is depleted. Okay, A lot of boo-hoo. people's savings are depleted exactly. in 2020, okay? It's, it's called COVID and unemployment. Everybody's savings depleted. The fuck you talking about? Boy, if she look, if Karen don't sit her I, I ass down, depleted, okay, and, yo. and we didn't break any laws, so it's like I don't, I don't know what to say for you. Besides the fact that white privilege is not international, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with her. I'm done with her. I, I ain't even about to put no more thought into her <laughs> stupid ass because you shouldn't have been trying to go to another country to watch niggas ride jet skis. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, what else we got, love? Because that, that was stupid as fuck. So, um, you know, I love me some Red Table Talk, but, you know, Facebook is coming up with a lot of uh, good shows. Yeah, Facebook, they... Facebook Watch they, is... They doing it right now. They, they they moving their way up. Yeah, and one of their new shows has our girl Taraji P. Henson. The show is called Peace of Mind with Taraji P. Henson. And... Um, what is it about? Peace of mind. Yes. Yeah, I right, will get into that. So I've read her book. It's uh I read her book right after I read Kevin Hart's book. So it's like definitely a different experience. So it took me a minute to like get into it. But it's called uh Roundaway Girl. And she, you know, talks about how she became who she is. And she has a foundation um to help people with mental health issues based on um her father. Her father was a a vet and um he of course came back um like a, a lot of soldiers in his time and still today with some um PTSD. So she started this foundation. But as we've mentioned probably several times on this show, um mental health is running like it's it's at crisis level right now with um COVID and people being isolated and sitting still and being quiet and having to deal with their stuff like uh, mental health is on a high so basically that's what the show is about it's about different um mental health issues so the first episode of course because she got into you know the foundation that she started in her father's name and she also um 
I'll probably post this on our Facebook page, but she also has like a, a text number that like you can text and a live person will respond and you can set up like therapy sessions and things of that nature that she started during this pandemic. Um, so her first episode was about PTSD and her first guest was Gabrielle Union. Um, I think she started with PTSD because for a lot of people, including myself, um, until recent years, associate PTSD with the military. Like we just instantly think that, that, you know, if you have PTSD, you had to have served in the military. And uh, one of the things that Gabrielle touched on uh, because it's not that it's anybody that's had any kind of like traumatic experience and what uh gabrielle said was like there are a lot of us that are in combat in our own communities like there's a lot of trauma and stuff going on in our own um communities and she was just talking about because uh, Gabrielle has always been vocal about being violated. Um, and she was just talking about how the pandemic, because her nor Dwayne ha- have never been just quiet with each other for extended periods of time. Either she's traveling to film or he's traveling on the road um, playing basketball. But like, They've had to spend every day, all day with each other. And there are certain things that she has done that she did alone because so for us as women, because that's the perspective I can talk to, like we're always told not to expose all of ourselves to our mate, to leave something as a mystery. So there are some tools and things that she does to deal with her trauma and her mental well-being that she's never had to do in front of Dwayne because they haven't been together for a long period of time where they just have to like sit there so um she was just talking about how she had to come about um with exposing all parts of herself to him um she because we are taught as women that if we do have these flawed, broken parts and we can't hide them from our mate, then our mate is going to see us as damaged. So that's like a lot of what she was thinking about. She was also, she's of course, cause she can't go anywhere without talking about their daughter, um, Zaya. Um, and she was just speaking about, how much they've learned from her and just given more of a perspective of why they decided to take the approach of accepting who she is um, versus what everybody else, how everyone else wants them to react to her. Um, Cause I know personally, I've seen a lot of kids commit suicide because of not being accepted and with having to deal with her own um, PTSD from being attacked like they didn't want that thought to enter into Zaya's mind so um, she she spoke on on that um, the episodes are only like 18-20 minutes long sometimes she'll do a follow up episode for like another 8 minutes to get into it um, she is 3 episodes in um 
her second one was with Tamar discussing her attempted suicide and Tamar saying that her main thought, and we've had this conversation because like I'm more understanding to mental health because I've gone through postpartum. I've been in some of these. The I've been in Gabrielle's shoes. I've definitely been in Tamar's. And Tamar was talking about because a lot of people feel like suicide is selfish and that you don't think about anybody when you think about committing suicide. And Tamar was just saying that her first thought, her main thought, the reason that she even decided to go this route was because of her son. Like she felt like she was embarrassing him being the, the loud ghetto girl on TV. And she felt like he'd be better off if she wasn't there and uh, which made Taraji expose that during this pandemic, she's thought about it herself. Like she um, went out and had purchased the gun and everything. And um, she was just telling Tamar that, you know, she's been, she's seen like that they're a lot alike, which surprised Tamar. So wait. Okay, first of all, you know, I love me some cookie, but firstly, this shit sound boring. <laughs> no, I don't. Th- I I and don't secondly, think. <laughs> why the hell is Taraji trying to commit suicide? Because like what she was explaining to Tamar, because Tamar was shocked when she said it, and the fact that she said that she thought that they were the same person is that sometimes, because I've done it myself. Like sometimes you put on a smile for the world and you try to present what you present to the world isn't how you feel inside. Like you present yourself this way for the world because you don't want them to know and realize how like the conflict and the damage that's going on inside. So like we see Taraji out, you know, on a jet, living her best life, you know, because she was just engaged. She broke off the engagement, but, you know, we see her living her best life, and we figure, you know, she's happy, she's in love, she's engaged, she's wearing a bikini, she's she's got it all together, but that's not who was on the inside. That's not who was going home at night. Like, like I, so I get that. I get that. I get that. So, okay. Just to expose something since i've started this job i did once think about the same thing but i can't commit suicide because the insurance isn't going to pay that out so i thought about just driving this motherfucking truck off some road and making the shit look like an accident but i did that because we're broke my wife deserves better. My kids deserves better. Like, we're broke. At least if I can make this shit like an accident, they'll be taken care of. So what I don't understand, which is just shocking to me, Taraji want to commit suicide. You rich. But that's the thing, too. Like, rich don't evil happy. There's hey, a, there's hey. a lot oh of people. Oh, my God. It, And I'm so, like... I get that. And and, that, and that's because everyone's different. But me personally, I'm sorry. If I had money, 
where I didn't have to think about bills. I didn't have to think about how much shit costs. If I had that type of money, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't help but to think that life would be so much easier. Yes, like everybody thinks that way, especially people that are not in Tamar and Taraji's tax bracket. They feel like, okay, if my bills were paid, if X, Y, Z is done, then I would be good and I wouldn't have these thoughts. But then you have, I mean, more money, more problems is a thing. So... With the money that they have, with the notoriety that they have, there's a lot of other things that come with it. Like, and because there there was a woman on the show that had the same thought process as you, and I've had that thought process. Like, if I do decide to commit suicide, I need to make it look like I didn't intend to do that to myself so that my family is taken care of. But, like, so... In my mind, because this this uh, this topic came up on Facebook, like someone posted something, um, like if you won forty million dollars, like who would you tell or something like that? Because it's so many of them. And for me, my instant thought was, I'm not telling anybody. I'm gonna move. Like, I move with the $20 that's in my bank account right now. I'm not going to do anything different loudly. Like, uh, I'm I'm going to continue to pay my bills. And, like, I'm the things that I do, of course, like, I'd buy a house or whatever. But you're not going to know I bought a house because I want $40 million. I just bought a house because... That's what I need. Or, and my cars are paid off. You're not going to know that my cars are paid off because I got $40 million. You're going to just think that I saved my money. Like, I'm not going to move any differently. And I'm not Crazy. telling anybody I'm a, why. I'm and hit, here's why. I'm going to hit the Dave Chappelle on their ass. I'm see? rich, bitch. Yeah, see. <laughs> and this is why. Because, like, somebody was like, name one person. And I was like, no. And they was like, you ain't even going to tell your husband. Um, no, because here's why. I know that there are certain people in my life that if they find out I have 50 cent extra, will break a body part just so I can pay for it. I know. Don't pay for it. Yeah, see, he'll never let me finish. No thoughts. So, I'm. I ain't say that I'm. I'm just saying that there are certain people in my life that if I reach a certain caliber of success, are going to have an expectation that I'm supposed to bring them along with me. And everybody cannot go everywhere that you travel, especially. If you ain't been grinding with me, like if you were talking 932 pieces of shit talk about me, don't think that I'm going to take you with me when things happen. And because of the great words of Steve Harvey, it's like the best way not to become broke is not to help broke people. So I'm not saying. So you're not going to tell nobody because of these expectations. 
But like you said, their expectations. So you can keep expecting me to bring you with you, bring you with me while I do what I do. Keep expecting that shit. Go ahead. So like I so I am very empathetic to those that are like in the spiritual world and believe in different energies and different spirits and tarot cards and all the like will understand what I'm saying. For those who are not, I am very empathetic. I am a a full-blown empath, which means that I feel you feed off of other people's energy. And like, that's why like, I can't have 50 million things going on around me because I pick up the energy of the people that are doing that. And that can be overwhelming to me, which is why I am also an introvert. Like I need my time alone. I need to sometimes dealing with other people's emotions and their energy and their vibe and whatever aura that they're shooting out into the world without even knowing it can be so overwhelming to me that I need to isolate myself. Like, especially like in a grieving process, if there's too many people grieving, feeling dead, feeling down about the situation that's going on, I have to step myself outside because I like my energy is reflective of the energy that's around me. Like sometimes it ain't nothing wrong with me, but if it's like five of y'all that ain't got nothing but bad energy, then I need to step out of that. So I'm not saying that in that situation, it's people are calling my phone and I feel bad enough to do something about it. It's just that I know that the cause and the energy that's going to come my way is something that I don't want to deal with and I also know that there are people in my circle that because I said no let me take care of me and my family first are going to have such the attitude and the problem with that that they're going to shoot their mouth off to other people and I don't let them let them know. Yes, you can well, say they, that because they, you don't give a shit about nobody's uh, energy. I you sure don't. don't. I sure sad, don't. Thank it could you. It be a million Thank and one you. sad I'm people. I'm glad you know that. And I'm going to be happier than a motherfucker. Exactly. And they ain't going to feel happy bad about it. And skip it and you, but that's not me. Oh like, I feed off of other people's energy. So because I need to protect my space, I'm going to keep my business to myself. You know I'm gonna protect my who space. Needs to know anyway? just be... Shit, the world. Y'all no. niggas know I'm broke. I need y'all to know I got money now. No, I'm gonna be answering the phone know. like new money. Who this? Nope. The world don't need to know. And that's another thing. Like I, I'm going to live my life in the best possible, positive way Me that too. I I can, Me and too. I'm not going to like. I, I don't need anybody's energy. I don't want that. I, I don't... Me neither. The most successful people in the world move in silence. They do so many things without anybody knowing that they do them. They donate. They run charities. They, they help people without anybody knowing. And 
that's what I want. Like, I don't have any problem helping where I can and being a blessing to others when I can. But y'all don't need to know about it. Right. Because I'm with that. Like, I ain't, I so hate when people help people saying. and put cameras and shit. Right. I'm not. But you my you thing already is, living on the off ramp. You know, already feel bad. I'm not finna sit up here. Y'all and... ain't about to know when I help people. But I'm just saying, like, y'all niggas knew I been broke. So now y'all about to know I got money. Like... But see, that's the thing too. Like y'all probably been looking at me like, damn, this nigga stay broke. Now y'all about to look at me like, damn, this nigga stay fly. And see, like that's the thing too. Like I don't broadcast that either. Like ain't none of your business. Shit, I don't, I man, I'm broke. I'm broke as shit. I ain't even about to fake the funk. Between me I'm and broke. PNC, I got four dollars and sixty three cent in my account right now. I'm broke. So to get back on topic, I just don't understand why she would want to commit suicide when you got that type of money i'm just God, sorry maybe i'm just different problems. but right but i would rather have money problems than broke problems i'm sorry but that's what i'm saying everybody's not built the same we have then i mean she can then, all the time then she can stop acting or doing what whatever i don't know but no one know. said that her job is supposed to make her. So what's the problem? Whatever the the problem, whatever problem she has, she it took her to that place. We don't need to know what that problem was, but it took her to that place. I'm and sorry, she's I just deciding to step out of that place. But no one's saying that it's her acting or anything like that. It's like I'm just saying, everybody's if, not built the same. Love, I tell if you. This I got all that the time. type. Of, I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying, if I got Taraji type of money, it ain't a problem in the world for you. But that's that I not feel like story. gonna make me want to lead this earth and my money. Because for you right now, because my main thing is how you gonna feel when you actually. My main it. thing is. My family deserves better. Like, I want to give them everything they ever wanted and desire. That's my thing. That's why I feel down. But if I have that money to do that, then shit, why the fuck would I want to? I don't give a fuck what's going on inside me. Like, personally, like, it ain't that serious for me to want to end all this and not see y'all happy with things I can finally provide for y'all. Like, that's, that's crazy to me. Like, but people, some people want, it's like, it. okay, so there have been moments in my life that people have either said it themselves that they're jealous of me, or someone has told me that they're jealous. And in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck y'all jealous of? I got nothing. Like, what, what is it that y'all jealous of? Like, I would rather have your life. So just like you're saying that you would rather have Taraji's money, it may be something that you have going on in your life that she like, but I'm jealous of you. Like, there are, because here you go, there are, like, so, because Taraji, yes, she has money. Her son is grown. Her son, uh, I don't know if he's still in college, but I know he's been to college. These are things. And she was able to, like, these are things that would make me happy. If I could pay for Sierra to go to college, not need financial aid, not need any of that stuff, that would make me happy. If we had, you know, a house that we owned, no mortgage and a car, these are things that would make me happy and bring me peace. 
But at the same time, I am aware that there are people that are worse off than me that would be happy with the things that we do have. Even though they're not the things that make me content, I know that there's somebody worse off than me that would be happy with what we have. There are like, there are women that are older than me and they don't, they're not in relationships. So they're envious of that part of my life. Whereas I could look at you like, you want him? <laughs> okay, first of all, because I, I got something to say about that. I know, so I can we, tell from your face. We're going to take a quick break. And we, I'm going to get back to that. <laughs> so go fill up your glasses, use the bathroom. Make sure you bring your ass back to the last episode of Raggedy Ass 2020. And we're back. So, you said something that I just had to address. So, you said it's women that's not in relationships that are envy of you. So, my thing is, first of all, if you're not in a relationship, that's your problem. Okay? <laughs> That's your problem. You not doing something. You being too picky. Like, it's something that you done fucked up while you're not in a relationship. Why? Because there's somebody for everybody. And I seen a meme on Facebook a couple of days ago, actually, which made sense. And it said that, you know, that TV show, uh, My 400-Pound Life or some shit, whatever the shit's called. Mm -hmm. They said, you notice how none of them is single? So, if somebody envies you because you're married and they're not in a relationship, okay, well, first of all, when I said me, come I didn't on now. mean me personally. There may be because I do have this conversation. I so, but yes, because I tell you all the time, if there's someone for everyone, because you always talking about somebody and I talk all about everybody. Yeah, you. Yes, you are. And yes, there's, even though there is someone for every, well, first of all, like there's a lot of factors that go into that, like how, how many men versus women ratio and now sexual orientation, like there's layers to that. So you can't just say that because somebody's not in a relationship, it's their fault. Um, and every relationship isn't a good relationship so in the so that because that's that's my thing like there are women out there that are single that are like wife material by in my eyes because they cook they clean they take care of themselves they're educated um do they got that wop though because if you ain't got that wop we don't talk about wop all that shit don't matter but, uh, <laughs> but they're single for like whatever reason like it could be because they're picking the wrong person or because they were in a relationship but that wasn't the person so so they're back on the market again so that's what i'm saying like sometimes seeing there first of all it, it goes both ways there are some married women that sit and look at their timeline and they see how happily single some of their friends are and they look at their thing husband like 
why am I here with you when I could be living my best life? And then there are some single women that are looking at married couples and they're like, oh my God, I wish I had this partner in life. And so like my point is, is that sometimes other people houses, like that's why the saying the grass isn't always green on the other side because sometimes you look at somebody's life and somebody's situation and you envy it and wish it was you but then if you are in that situation you don't you don't realize like there are so we can be a specific right now for a moment there are people that look at us and they look at our lives and they are like, oh, my God, they're such an amazing couple. And, oh, my God, they're so happy. And, oh, my God, their marriage is so perfect. But you and I know, <laughs> try me, okay? You and I know that our marriage is not perfect. And it took a lot of work for us to even look like shit is good, shit is sweet, shit is perfect. Like, we knew, we know the work that we've done within this relationship but from the outside looking in everybody like just thinks that it's it's perfect um which actually leads into like her most recent episode which was with um mary j blige and they was talking about the holiday blues Who most recent episode huh Who most recent episode Taraji, that's what we've been talking oh, about. Where you been? Yeah, so um, she was talking about holiday blues with Mary J. Blige because a lot of people get down at the holidays for different reasons because it is a highlight to some that are single that they're single. Like there's different reasons that people get the holiday blues. So they, we all know that Mary has had some struggles in her life. So. Um, she was just talking about how she personally um, deals with it and how she tries to focus on the joy and, you know, how when she did her My Life album, like that was her cry for help because people looked at her like at, I think a lot of us knew that she was on drugs at that point, but there were a lot of people that may not have known. So like looking on the outside in, like she's a hot R&B star. She's got hot album she's getting all the awards she's getting all the accolades she's making money her life must be sweet and she did a whole album to tell us that hey my life ain't sweet like you looking at it from the outside and you think that everything's perfect and it's not and she went into how artists need to use you know their platform that they're given to help other people because even though life wants like i don't know a female in this world that can't say that at some point in their life they haven't related to anything that mary j blige has put out or any other artist because a lot of people a lot of artists help by their charity work a lot of artists help people and don't even realize it through their music because you're singing about what you're going through and don't realize that you're helping and healing somebody else. Like, I know that you hate it when I was listening to Beyonce's Lemonade on repeat nonstop. But sis was helping me. She that was saying some things so annoying that I was feeling. And she did, and she didn't do that album for me. She did it to heal some things between her and Jay. Like, 
the Lemonade album was birthed out of them going to marriage counseling and deciding that they were going to do a joint process and that was going to be like a part of their healing. And Beyonce at whatever point realized like, hold on, Jay, before we do this joint album, I got some things that I still need to get off my chest. So when people joke that, you know, your wife did a whole diss album about you like that's for real for real what lemonade is like her getting off her chest how how she felt what she was going through and like sometimes you know that's that's what's needed so like i said like people look at people's lives and they jump to conclusions because of what's presented to them but they don't go behind the curtain and see the work that they put in like a lot of people want the wedding and not the marriage and there's a lot of people that think that once you get married once you find that one that you know game over like life is sweet after that point and they don't realize that marriage is a marathon it's not a sprint like once you say i do like the real work begins like ain't nothing like ending at that point like it's not gonna be a lifetime movie every day it's not gonna be a i'll make love to you song every single day like there's real work to be done so sometimes you just you look at other people's houses and you think that everything is perfect but you don't realize that their house is made out of cards and can fall at any moment while you're envious of it and then like a lot of young people these days too are like, well, why are the divorce rate so much higher? And what's the difference between me and grandma? Two things. Grandma wasn't no punk, okay? Ask your granddaddy about the scars he got because grandma wasn't that. no point, punk. And then second of all is that they realized that it was a marathon and not a, a sprint. So they were willing yeah, to... Yeah, some people not worth sprinting with though. I ain't about to sprint with your ass. Fuck it. Race over. And that's the thing. So you can't just say like somebody being single is their fault. Like some like married sometimes in a relationship. Well, first of all, that's okay. So back to this holiday blues shit. First of all, I ain't never about to be sad on the holidays because I'm by myself. Now I'm gonna be sad on the holidays if I done lost a parent. Well, or significant, like, you know, member of my family, and the holidays don't feel the same anymore. Yes, but I ain't about that. to feel sad because I ain't got no chick. Nah, fuck that. That's what? just less money I gotta spend. First of all, okay. <laughs> the hell? Don't fall down that rabbit hole. But that's what I'm saying. Like people have the holiday blues for different reasons. Like no, nah, but but I seen that it was because Mary ain't had no men, and she was like, "That's just something I gotta, you know, I gotta stick through." I, I seen that. So it ain't because she lost a family member. It's because she lost. She ain't with her man, and now she no, by herself. That's not the only thing that she's like. No, she didn't say that at all. Like for her. And for a lot of people, because the holiday blues is at an all-time high this year, for a people lot of people, is that they're used to coming together with their families, and they're not able to do that. There's some people breaking quarantine, don't give a shit, they showing up at their family house. But for those that are following quarantine, 
Like she's used to spending the holidays with her sister and her mama, them cooking together, doing all that stuff, and they're not able to do that. So like for her, because she's um on set or whatever, you know, they can't like some of the movie making industry is like in a bubble like the NBA did where once you come on set and you're in Toronto or wherever we're recording, then that's where you need to stay. And if it's just you, then that's how it needs to be until we're done filming this movie or you're wrapped or you're cut. So for her, like she's isolated. She's by herself. She's not used to being by herself at the holidays. And for this year, I have to be by myself. Not because Ken or whatever his name, is out of the picture. Because I think she, she's very excited about that divorce being final. But it's just the other elements of, of, of her life that are missing. And a lot of people feel that way around the holidays. Like, they're used to, like, a certain vibe. Like, this past Christmas, um, for us, even though, you know... Did nobody apparently feel like uh, quarantining? Um, this has been the first Christmas, and it like the holidays around here. My entire life, whether they were spent, because when I was younger, we always spent Thanksgiving at my grandmother's house. Christmas was a stay at home, play with your toys type day. Christmas Eve, we would spend with my dad's side of the, the family. Um, my aunt is um, Mexican, so she would make tamales. And it would just be like so much good, positive energy, laughing and joking. And like I said, Christmas Day was a day we stayed at home. We would play our new board games, whatever new thing we had and then as i became the adult like we always had christmas together where the family was together we did thanksgiving together we did christmas together so tyara always had like her cousins running around they were always playing with each other's toys it was just a lot of good positive energy kids enjoying each other the adults you know hanging around talking to each other um we haven't had that in years so christmases have been a little quieter a little tamer um so this year was like the first time in years that we've had like a Christmas that I would say that Tyra could remember being like the Christmases that she used to have. Like she, so like I could see, like I, I know for a fact, like I used to enjoy Christmas. Like it was a full on event for me. Like as far as my nieces and nephews went, I would make sure that all of their gifts were purchased before Black Friday because I was not fighting with anybody over the latest toy. No Tickle Me Elmo battles, none of that. And like, I enjoyed the process of giving more than receiving because hell, nine times out of 10 in my family, I wasn't receiving much outside of my parents. Um, so I enjoyed 
the giving and seeing, you know, the kids' faces light up and stuff like that. And to have that tamed down for me, I have not enjoyed. And there are certain things that were traditions for Tyra and I um, that you, my love, have given the boot. But so I haven't been happy about Christmas for a while. And so because it's not like I had grew to love. And so this Christmas was like probably one of the best Christmases of years for me. So I can see how somebody can get used to the hustle and bustle of seeing certain family. Because sometimes they're like Christmas may be the only time that you see certain family members. So I can see how you can get used to that vibe and then it totally changes because of COVID and falling into these holiday blues or outside of COVID because holiday blues happens all the time for people for different reasons. I can see how it can happen. And so, like, she was, she mentioned uh, Kinu or whatever his name was at all. Like, I don't think he factored oh, into did. it. No, I don't think he factored into it at all. I think she's used to spending her but holidays. Even still, like, it's COVID. What you like, there's nothing you can do about that. Yes, yeah, like, we understand that it's out of our control, but it doesn't make us less sad. Like you understand? Maybe I'm just cold hearted. I, I t- you can't. I don't know. But yeah, like I said, like it's like I, she didn't mention him at all. It's just like a certain vibe that she's used to at you know this time of the year. So and she can't have that. And it's not like she it's not like she blaming anybody for it. She understands why it's occurring, but it still doesn't make her less sad about it. Like, you understand why people aren't around, but it doesn't make it, like, for for me personally, like, I know what happened to make Christmases change, but it doesn't mean that it hurts less because I know what happened. Like, you can know the reason, but it doesn't, it doesn't change the emotion that it gives you because the change happened. Mm-hmm. But don't call for Auntie Mary. She she ain't thinking about uh dude. See, he's so insignificant. What's his name? Who am I? But she was so she was just talking about that. Um, I was talking about marriage before you went back to Mary. So you got any insight on that? Because you you just came straight in from Mary. Mm-mm. I got nothing on that. Alright, so to lighten this episode up a little bit, um, 50 Cent has stated that Drake and Weezy F Baby should do the next verses. <laughs> Sometimes I just gotta see his face. Duh. <laughs> Y'all can have that one. <laughs> oh, I ain't tuning into that shit. That shit happened. I ain't tuning into that. <laughs> like, for one, I'm mad versus started becoming. Oh, let's empower each other. I mean, that's all that's all good and everything, 
But where's the cut? It's called versus. Where's the competition part of versus? Like, we just gonna sit there all night and say good. And that's why I respected the fucking Gucci and Jeezy versus so much because as childish as Gucci is, he ain't come to play. Like, this nigga came as a competition. This nigga said, look at what my competitor is wearing. And Jeezy, my nigga, but I kind of felt that. Like, damn, Jeezy, you going out like that? Like, there's a lot of shit that was happening that I was kind of, like, glad Gucci did or said because I'm tired of verses turning into a fucking let's empower each other. Like, let's yeah, I understand the year we've had. It's not even but about that. why like, everything have to be about empowering each other? It's called Versus. Let's battle. Okay, like so, it's a competition. Let's go. You bring your best music. I'm gonna bring my best music, and I'm about to let you know why I'm a better artist than you. Okay, so I don't think that it has anything to do with COVID because versus was birthed. I'm talking COVID. about. I'm talking about COVID. I was talking about the killings of innocent black people. I don't think that that had anything to do with it. There are several reasons so, why I okay, can, can I can I explain before you ask me why? Because that's what I'm trying to do is tell you why. So here's the thing with verses. First of all, there isn't enough empowerment of black people amongst other black people. We have always been in competition with each other, which is leads to my next point. Versus was very male dominated at the beginning when it was like a battle and they was going back and forth and the the energy and the vibe was competition. It was very male dominated. They, the culture wanted the females to be in on it. You not finna get two female artists to have that competitive energy. They got the wrong two female artists. Now, if you would have started this motherfucker off with Cardi and Nicki Minaj, but that's that's then it would have been a whole different ballpark. First, no. So here's why: because the women that they have pitted against each other in verses have been pitted together for decades. When like, like people have always done. The Erica Badu, Jill Scott are in competition as if there's not room enough for two neo soul. There queens. is, but see, but if this goes that's back what I'm to saying. me. There is room for it, but that's not the energy that we've given these women. So these women had to step up and say that. Y'all think that we hate each other, but we really been writing each other stuff. Nah, and so see, that's, nah, what I'm that's saying. going so, too far, though. People, we all know they don't hate each other. First of all, but that's I don't thing. think it's you a soul on this that. earth Jill Scott hate. Okay, it's fine that she is. First of all, but first of all, but that's what I'm saying. That's how you view it. But us as women, these women have been Monica and Brandy pitted against each other from the time that they set, stepped on the scene, as if you could not have two teenage females in the R&B game. When it comes to women, 
First of all, music industry is a male-dominated field. Between the artists, between the record labels, between the management, executives, it's a male-dominated field. And they've never wanted to make room for females. And they've always made any female that steps into the entertainment industry as a singer, as a dancer, as a, a rapper, as a manager, as a record label executive, feel like there's only room for one of y'all. So First you have to all, eat her I don't up. even want to hear that. I don't even want to hear that. It's the truth. I feel like it's room for everybody to yes, eat. Yes, the problem I is feel that way, but that's with not versus the is that, that everybody wants to be friend. Like, and this is what I hate about the NBA. Everybody wants to be friends. This is why I fucking can't stand LeBron, nigga. You want to be everybody friend? You can't. Jordan wasn't everybody friend. Was he Cordro? Yes. But when he stepped on that court, nigga, Jordan did not know you. Fuck you. And this is how we need to be. Like, this, like after the verses, y'all can go back, kumbaya, do whatever y'all do. But when it's verses time, I need to know why you feel like you a better artist than her. That's what I want to, I want to hear this. Oh, yeah, queen. That Oh, my God, I just love that track so much. Nah, fuck that. Jill Scott, why are you better than Erica? I'm not better than Erica. I bow down to her. Get the fuck out of here, man. Okay, Where's the competition? Erica, Erica was here first. I get that, but still. But I, this is versus. I'm about to let you know why my music is better than yours, Erica. You might have influenced my music, but I'm about to tell you why I took your influence and went to a whole new level with it. Became the teacher, but that's what I'm saying. Like we as women, because you're not gonna understand that part, have been in competition for so. Everybody's long. in competition, though. Like, but that's, that's what not, I'm saying. But, Life is a competition. You gotta compete for that job. That that's what we've been taught in America. Like that that's not necessary. That's what I'm saying. We as black women are tired of being pitted against each other like there's only one spot for a black woman when that's not what our white counterparts are being taught. We don't that's, care what they doing though. We don't care what they doing. We make better care. music than them. We don't care what you they doing. Don't. And we what not pit y'all against each other. Competition brings out the best in your competitor, in yourself. For you, like every that's why I keep telling I you. I never met a person who ain't stepped it up to another level because this person did something better than you. Oh, okay. I okay. That's a dope track. I ain't even gonna lie. That was dope. You Watch this track. The one. I don't give a shit what you can do. I'm my competition. I have to be better than the last thing that I did. So what I'm trying to explain to you, what you're not going to understand, because I'm speaking as a black woman, because I'm telling you, this, this is when verses went in another direction. Like, yes, there have been men prior to the women stepping into the ring that have been more cordial with the like there's a level of cordial with all of the verses, but there there's definitely competition with all the male verses it's just different levels of competition 
But for the black women, we've been taught to fight each other and claw each other's ass out for so long that, hey, sis, we tired. We just want to adjust your crown right now for the culture. We want the culture to see that there is, because you're saying that you know that there is room for two. That's you. One person, Chase Saunders, knows that there's room for multiple black women to do the same thing. You, Chase Saunders, knows that. The world don't know that yet. And that's what they're trying to show them. Fuck all that. That don't make no sense to me. No, because <laughs> you're not a black woman. You're a black man that it wants to claw the next person's eyes out if he has to, to get to the next ring. And that's you, and that's fine for you. But everybody don't have that energy, love. Yeah, but every versus for now on don't have to be let me adjust your crown moment. Where's the we competition in it? That's why Jeezy and Gucci statement. Man was so refreshing. Because before that, it was it was just like a get together, like a damn cookout. One cookout after another, after another, good. after another. Like, where's the competition, Everything man? Game for everybody. Then don't call it versus. Let's call it the fucking cookout then. Let's call it the hangout. It can still be called versus the way that it's No, because no, versus it is because... you versus me. And I'm trying to win. Here we go. Go ahead. Take it, love. Because I ain't here. What I say no matter. No. Right. no go it ahead. Do. It. Uh-huh. It's a debate. So I can't debate. A debate also allows for a rebuttal. You so get your rebuttal in. Get your rebuttal in. Over somebody. Then talk over me. Oh, <laughs> you can't get mad at me for trying to debate on a, a podcast where we're not talking and debating. Debate. I'm not. First of all, I'm not mad at all. But second of all, I'm not mad at the debate. It's just like if somebody constantly interrupts you or talks over you, you just give them a floor sometimes. That's that's my bad. Nah, like, I'm trying to. I'm trying to hear what floor. you got to say. It's just that I got to react to shit. That's all. Why well, wouldn't be me? Mm-hmm. And it just it don't this versus is is starting to annoy the fuck out of me. And so the little Wayne versus like, Drake, I'm not for that. For fuck everybody. that. Like, y'all can keep that one. Y'all can watch that one, y'all damn selves. Uh, nah, hell no. Nah. Because first of all, y'all first of all, Drake works for Lil Wayne, so that ain't even going fucking work. What the like what? And out of all people, we get the battle Lil Wayne. Who people consider a legend, and I'm more like fuck Lil Wayne. You gonna get Drake? You not gonna get another legend? Tossy boy, it's it was his idea. Man, Fifty, you my they, nigga, they but I ain't rocking with that. So far, power has been your best idea, and you should just leave it at that. No, for life is also a good idea. And for life, well, TV so has been your TV, best idea. Yes, yeah, stay in your TV lane. You make good television. We'll be back with the last episode of Raggedy Ass 2020. And the last topic. And the last topic and our last thoughts of the year. Go fill your glasses, use the bathroom, but make sure you bring your ass back. And wash your hands. 20 seconds. Thank you.